This is the Retirement Solution Podcast with financial advisor John Hicks, founder of J. Hagen Capital. There are so many things that we just have in our mind and we assume that they're correct because we've heard them a hundred thousand times. We got to get rid of all those myths. If you've done a great job saving, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish when you use the right strategies. Most people just aren't aware of them. You've worked hard your whole life to earn and save. Now you need a plan to make that money work hard for you. The people that have sacrificed opportunities to spend money, they sacrificed by putting the money in that 401k. They've sacrificed by putting that money in a 529 college plan for their grandkids. Those types of sacrifices should go rewarded in the long run. John is here to help you find solutions for your retirement. You know what we haven't done in a while, John? What's that? Yeah. What have we not done? Here we go. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Big moments in U.S. history. I like it's been a little while since we did some American trivia. It has. Uh, well, I'm not sure how much this is a historical reference, but I enjoy trivia. And the TV game show Jeopardy debuted on NBC in 1964 on this really? week. Yep. I didn't know Jeopardy had been around that long. I don't think I did either. I guess until Alex Trebek got there. That's right. Who, I don't even know who the, the host was before him. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna, but the fact that it was around, that is amazing uh-huh, to me. Uh-huh. Uh, 1976, Apple Computer began operations. Yeah. And then, okay, and here's what I want you to help me with. Yeah. The 1980 anniversary of when President Carter... Sure. Deregulated the banking industry. Absolutely. And here's why I wanted your help to understand what that means because I was Googling it, trying to educate myself, and deregulating it apparently gave the Fed more control is yes. what the internet is giving me back. What yeah. does that mean? What was going on there was a few different things that happened between 1980 and 1997 i believe there was the repeal of the glass steagall act Uh there was many different things because what they basically did the savings and loan debacle right so you had a bunch of savings and loan banks that basically went under Mm -hmm. and what they realized was is they had a different regulatory standard so when carter came in and said oh my goodness we can't keep having this so basically credit unions used to be held to a different standard than banks they changed it. And they said, no, everyone's going to be held to a different standard, but it, it often meant different rules, different things that were happening. So uh, the whole point of all that is, is when government intervenes, sometimes even though they have good intended actions, they want to do the right thing. Yeah. It causes a whole bunch of problems. Okay. And we've been seeing that recently, wow. by the way. <laughs> but I mean, but among all other things, you know, the whole point is, is that when you have your savings money, yeah. your safe money in a place where you feel it's safe, and then you mm-hmm. find out, oh, maybe it wasn't as safe as I thought, mm-hmm. it makes you start thinking, well, my goodness, what, what does safety mean? Mm-hmm. And we're going to definitely talk about that today. That is a huge piece of the puzzle because you need to know that if you got safe money, I'll be danged, it needs to be safe. That's right. Well, it, I mean, as we've learned, particularly with the current inflation rates, you know, it Oof. used to be cash is safe. It's like, nah, not anymore if you're losing at least 6% a year on your cash savings. Yeah, and let's talk about that for one second okay. because you made a good point, but I want to make sure we remember. Yeah. If you're getting 4 or 5% from your bank, awesome. Having said that, the inflation rate is still 6, 7, or 8%, right? So if we're looking at our savings rate and we're getting 4 or 5% from the bank, we're still losing money to inflation. So it's good that we're not losing it to the market, but we're still losing it. We're just losing it 
safely, right. I guess. Right. If, you, air, if, air there is such a, if there is, yeah, you, can you see my hands over air here? Quotes. Air quoting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's dig into it further then, because sure. I mean, I don't have to say about how the failures of Silicon Valley Bank and several others have rattled savers and investors, if not shocked us. But I'm wondering. Are there some takeaways? I mean, there's got to be. There's always lessons to be learned in every situation. So what can we learn from this current crisis and apply to our retirement planning? Sure. You know, and, and for a second, I'm going to pretend like no one knows who Silicon Valley Bank is okay. or was okay. uh, for that matter, because it doesn't really matter. What does matter, though, is that this institution had $115 billion in its coffers. This was a, a, in my opinion, 115 billion bucks is a little bit of money, right? Sure, yeah. And the amazing thing is they had all this money. They had really well educated bankers mm-hmm. and they made some very classic, stupid mistakes, Heather. Okay. And the thing about this is what can we take away from this? I always, I'm not like the media where I like to follow someone, build them up and put them on a pedestal only to rip it up from under them and uh, destroy them. Huh? I was just interested in the situation because they, by the way, the president or the former president or the former founder or board person, whoever it was at Silicon Valley Bank mm-hmm. had spoken at Devos. Uh, which is where all of the greatest minds and finances get together. He had spoken at Devos in like 2020 or 2019 or something. Now, I don't know if he was there in person or if he was doing the WebEx thing because it was COVID. I have no right, idea. Right. It doesn't matter to me. The point is, is that this is someone, if I saw him on the docket, I wouldn't have paid attention, but then I wanted to hear what he said. Mm-hmm. So this is a smart guy. Yep. And the smart guy and all the smart people he hired made dumb, stupid, childish, elementary school mistakes that guys we can learn from this very morning so heather the one thing that i want to say why did the bank fail why did it fail well simply there are three major reasons that svb bank failed and we can learn from all of that and we can do better tomorrow from what we learn right now so number one uh silicon valley bank failed firstly because they were not diversified they had made a lot of money, Heather. I mean, they had made a lot of money over the past 10 years mm-hmm. and they were, they were very honest about it. It's like, listen, we're smart. We are so smart because the money keeps going up. We're geniuses because the money keeps going gooder. We're doing gooder because we make the monies. We make all the monies. It's basically in my mindset when they're sitting around the board table talking, mm-hmm. that had to have been what they said because when you look at their actual balance sheet, they owned a bunch of the same thing, which is well, what? It says it Long- in the name of the bank, right? Silicon Valley Bank. They were all tech companies, were they not? Well, no, those are the people that they took the deposits from. Okay. They were there in that quote-unquote Silicon Valley area, yeah. but they invested their money all potentially in long-term instruments. So basically, oh. they were saying, okay, so today the interest rates are really stinky. Yeah. We're going to invest in long-term rates, and we're going to do better because we're going to invest in long-term rates because yeah. long-term rates were much higher. Okay, And so they're going, oh, look how much money we've made. We've made all this money. Why? Because interest rates had fallen, 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 fallen. And guys, I'm going to teach you really quickly, really simply, how do we understand this? How on earth can interest rates go up and these guys make money? If you put both hands out and pretend like either one of them are the side of a teeter-totter, okay? Mm-hmm. This is how interest rates work 
relative to bonds. Let's assume that you take one hand and push it way down. That's the interest rates, Mm -hmm. which is what had happened all the way through 2020. Interest rates went almost to zero, literally almost to zero. Mm -hmm. And so what did that other hand do on a teeter-totter? It went way up. They had made all the money in the world. But what has happened over the last year? I the mean, last year, have gone way up real oh my fast. gosh, this is the third fastest that we've increased interest rates in this country since our Fed existed. Wow. Third fastest. Wow. And so what happens now, you take those hands and you move it really fast the other direction. Yeah. These guys lost a fortune. I mean, not only did they lose a fortune because people were fearful. They're like, oh my gosh, these, these guys, are they going to be in business tomorrow? Mm-hmm. They're going to close up this bank branch. People ran on the bank. They started pulling their money out immediately. And that became what they call historically a run on the bank. But the first thing to understand is they were not diversified. They held everything in long term. And that was really, really stupid. Number two idiot thing that they did <laughs> that we can learn from. Mm-hmm. They didn't have an emergency fund. Believe it or not, this is the very first thing that I talk about with every single client we bring on. Hey, how much money do you have at the bank in case things blow up? Yep. Now, what if the roof goes bad? Now, what if your hot water heater screws up? What if your car it gets wrecked and somehow insurance doesn't cover it? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at thirty to $60,000 in those examples. Where is that money? Because I don't want it. I need it where you can touch it, you can taste it, it's in your place. Got it. That's the very first thing we do. And they did, basically didn't have that, Heather. Now, how dumb is that? that I mean, this is one of the bank, very, it's like, that's the fundamental rule of banking. Of course have it cash. is. And they didn't have it, which is so ridiculous. So, idiot rule number two, they did not have an emergency fund. Number three, they did a poor job of managing risk. Now, why do I say this? Because not only were they not diversified, they basically held everything in long term. Number two, they didn't have an emergency fund. Stupid number one, stupid number two. But then they compounded that by the third one, which is they didn't manage risk well. They had a whole bunch of tech companies that made a ton of money for a while. But when those tech companies started hitting tough times last year, Mm -hmm. they had to pull tons of money out of that bank. And they realized, oh my gosh, we don't have money to pay these people their deposit money back. And that became the third factor. So when you look at those three things, they weren't diversified. That happens to a lot of people. I see it all the time. Number two, no emergency fund. And number three, they didn't manage risk well. What can we learn from that today if we want to be retired in the next three to 10 years Mm -hmm. or we're already retired? Guys, do not repeat these mistakes. So the first thing is they weren't diversified. The safe money they thought they had was not safe at all. It was highly at risk. And guys, in my firm, when we say safe money, we mean absolutely flipping safe. Mm -hmm. We mean you cannot lose that money no matter what happens in the markets, right? So that's super important. They didn't have that. The second thing is they did not have an emergency fund. So think about it right now. What do you have access to? It needs to probably be at least three to six months worth of living expenses at a minimum. And then whatever a roof might cost or a hot water heater or a car that you got to replace, right? You just add that little thing on. And if that's $6,000 per month for the next six months, then that's 36,000 plus the hot water heater. Maybe that's 40 grand. That might be the right number for you. You probably want to talk to a skilled fiduciary on coming up with that number and making sure you don't have that with them. You want to have it where you can get to it anytime you want. And the last thing, we have to manage risks well. We're right now one year deep in a really ugly market. I don't think it's done, guys. I truly do not think we're done with the ugliness. I don't know if it's going to last three more months or the next three years. I have no idea. But I know one thing for sure. If you don't manage risks well, 
the idea of retiring in the next three to five years, unfortunately, becomes a little bit more of just a thought and not an action. So we want to make sure we get those things right. If we can learn one thing from bank failures, don't be like those bankers. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Begin the conversation about your savings plan with John and the team at J. Hagen Capital by visiting retirementsolutionradio.com. Be sure to listen to John's radio show, The Retirement Solution, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 840 WHAS. J. Hagen Capital Link is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if J. Hagen Capital Link is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Link is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. It does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Jonathan Hicks. Insurance license number 548962.